All right, everybody, it is time for another episode of the Crypto 101 podcast. But before we dive in to our awesome, awesome guest and conversation today, I want to remind you guys of two things. And the first one is that if you go to Crypto101insider.com, you can join our private community. Here's where we have our model portfolio and all of our top picks. We also have uh, Crypto 101 University. Uh, where we have hours and hours and hours of written and video content that explains blockchain and explains cryptocurrency in a very bite-sized and easy-to-understand way. Uh, and we have a weekly newsletter that goes out and quarterly state of crypto addresses that go out. There is just a ton of value packed into this every which way. So I want you guys first uh, to go to Crypto101Insider.com today uh, if you haven't already. I also want to remind you guys that Pizza Mind and I recently just finished a book. Uh, It took 11 months of our lives to write, and we're calling it Crypto Revolution, Your Guide to the Future of Money. We walk you through this fascinating world of cryptocurrencies and blockchain, and it's part history book, it's part instructional guide, and it's going to really show you guys why cryptocurrencies are globally disruptive and how they're going to actually change in real life and in real terms the way that we buy and sell and even live. We include a bunch of how-tos on getting started with your first exchanges. Uh, We give you tips on how to safely buy and sell and store cryptocurrencies, as well as how do we evaluate potentially good cryptocurrencies. And the best part of the book is that we're giving it away for free. All you have to do is pay for shipping and handling. So go to CryptoRevolution.com and pick up your copy today. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Crypto 101 podcast. It is a uh, it's a great day in the markets. You know, we're starting to see some green pop up after months and months and months of red. Uh, So there's a a lot of exciting things happening in the crypto world and the DeFi world. Uh, and certainly in the world of NFTs. So today I've brought on an NFT expert. In fact, the CEO of NFT Tech, Adam Dicata. Adam, welcome to the Crypto 101 podcast. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Yeah, we're, we're really excited to, uh, to learn about NFTs and why they're such a powerful uh, revolution. But before we get into that, let's dive in a little bit into your background and, and how you kind of became the CEO of NFT Tech, which I believe is, is one of the only publicly traded companies that are that are like you know, fully fully on board with nfts yeah it's, it's, it's been an interesting journey I, i'm far from a day trader in terms of crypto but i've been within the market for over a decade uh, but always been inspired by the technology behind it i think blockchain and what it does and what it can do um sort of the point of level the anchor of most things in general about where tech in general Will be in the future so you know i think you know from my standpoint my background's in intellectual property rights i looked after you know, a number of different properties at warner brothers in the consumer products division so learned very early on about how um, consumers and and fans of brands connect and engage you know and what they do further from that in terms of the consumer products that come from it uh in terms of licensing and then yeah most recently um joined you know like I had a studio called Run It Wild that specialized in you know, learning and developing projects on the blockchain because everything happens in real time at the moment. We're setting new benchmarks and precedent with 
any release that you do. And that's been, you know, over the last two years alongside consulting at Decentraland and leading all their partnerships, which I know that Bryce, you and I can talk <laughs> for days about partnerships. Yeah, no, I, I'm a big fan of uh, the things that are going on over at Decentraland. So, so as a guy who came from the traditional world of marketing and promotions, you know, what's the, what's the overlap between that and NFTs? Why are NFTs kind of a, a linchpin of, of culture and society? It's super intriguing to see what's under the hood of an NFT, I think. You know, working with brands and evergreen brands for you know, the last decade and a bit, you know, my, my perspective is that you know, this connects closer to fans. Ownership is something I think uh, customers and audiences alike will forever sort of delve into in terms of what it actually means. But the fact that, you know, NFTs exist means that they're, you know, tradable and, you know, that digital ownership is now something that is possible, which it wasn't beforehand. Yeah. Digital ownership over, uh, you know, over what necessarily is it over potentially rights that, uh, you know, a, a brand might want to like have like crowdsource or what? There's many different ways to look at it. I think it's multifaceted, but you know, like if we look at it from a virtual experience or a virtual um, world of sorts, you know, that might be the digital garments that you have to the avatar that you use to, you know, what and how you interact with different parts of it. Um, from a creator economy standpoint, it means like that um, these digital assets were never able to be really truly commercialized. They always needed to be on a physical product as such. Um, and here today, they're totally possible. Um, and then, you know, all the rest of it from memberships alongside loyalty schemes, et cetera, et cetera. You know, like ownership means that, you know, you can, you can decide you've got the choice, right? You can buy it or sell it uh, in the future. Yeah. Interesting. And there's a lot more uh, use cases, it sounds like, than just a, a unique profile picture. Um, you mentioned loyalty rewards programs and you know membership tokens. What are what are some other ways uh, that you've seen the NFTs are being used that people might not really know about yet? And maybe, maybe if it's not even ready right now, it's it's part and parcel of, of future roadmaps for NFTs. I think I think we can even stretch it a little further and understand why a non-fungible token exists and and the you know the benefits of it in general and then so if you look at it like this the smart contract that's on the blockchain think of it like a letter of authenticity in many ways right so it can verify something it gives you provenance of ownership and where it's been bought sold etc cetera, etc cetera. when you consider those things the fact that it's tradable is just one of the benefits to having something digitally but you know the reality of it is is that when you look at the way that an nft can engage on a browser through a digital wallet or automatically becomes something that commerce that web you know e-commerce that we know today is something that from our sake it becomes kind of redundant in most most perspectives what we see is a coupon or a first early access pass yeah, to, to many of different realms of discounts, et cetera, they can all be associated to this one NFT. So, you know, like what we would put in our website today would be, you know, your username and password. You would then um, have a coupon code or a promotion code that you can put in for a discount at, at, when you're going through your shopping cart. 
the intriguing part about all of it is that if you had an NFT that was associated with that that brand or that e-commerce site in, in general, it gives you that instantly. And, you know, I think we live in a society today where there's a fair bit of trust when it comes to a lot of these initiatives. Um, you know, we can use different browser applications to, you know, like Honey, for instance, to browse all the different coupon codes that are available um, at any point in time for a particular product that we might be buying. But if you're being rewarded for those things and you've got like a membership of sorts, it's really powerful to think that if at any time you didn't want to have that, your choice could be that you could then try and sell it to someone that might see that the value in it. And, and, you know, like I think the PFP display picture initiative is an okay use case, I think, because at the end of the day, it's the transition we're all exploring and dealing with in real time about the digital age. What it may mean to someone today is that there's an ape that costs X amount of dollars. <laughs> More than a house but, sometimes. <laughs> yeah, totally. But, you know, like at the same time, you know, like that can be your identity, you know, and if it's commercial rights or not commercial rights within the image that you have, I think it's more so what's down to the technology that exists in the smart contract that will be the power. You know, a lot of people throw around the terms utility and benefits. And, you know, like I think we're yet to really explore the true utility of them. Mm. But the options uh, are there, definitely. What about, you know, I'm hearing lots of rumblings about blockchain based gaming and, you know, NFTs, uh, you know, being intersected with video games. So I, I've been hearing a lot about that. I want your take. But then I also heard uh, earlier. Uh, in the month that uh, Minecraft, which is one of the largest games in the world, put like an explicit ban on any NFTs in their games. So I'm kind of curious about your take on on gaming and NFTs. It surprises me a bit. It surprises me a lot, to be honest, um, with the perspective of a gamer and, you know, and being one myself, you know, like, fortunately, unfortunately, I don't have the time. But I, I, I did once enjoy, um, you know, Counter Strike and you know, played a lot of Rocket League back when it was free. And, and I, I think for me, it is a, it's, it's a very natural fit because, you know, what you collect in a game is no different from what an NFT particularly is in its like raw form. And, you know, like I think when you're selling skins or buying skins within a platform, I think there's a level of currency that you should be able to then sell outside of the platform if you wanted to, or, you know, sell it and receive dollars for it. You know, I think part of it is that I think blockchain based gaming still has, you know, and, and the theme for everything is time. I think we, we're, we're at at the moment, but it needs to develop. It needs to be fun. It needs to be on par with what everyone is every an everyday gamer is used to. You know, like some of these games are you know eight to ten years in development. So it would be intriguing to sort of see where it goes. But it's inevitable in many cases. I feel that it, you know that gamers will become one with what NFTs are. So I think I think there's some some like stats around Counter Strike. Do like I think it's half a billion dollars a year on skin reselling. So, you know, like I think they take about 10% of every secondary sale. So just to put that into perspective, you know, like 
it's all great and good and it's all happening already where you know people are trading outside of the platform you know giving passwords and users but the security of it, it, it you're trusting in someone to be able to do it and you know like it's not direct when you know i think most times um within blockchain it just you've got that digital asset and you can then trade it and you can receive funds for it um, that are outside of the platform that can be used. So yeah, I think it, it, it's inevitable. Um, it just needs time. I feel, and yeah, uh, I'm, I'm surprised with Minecraft, but at the same time, I'm not. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Yeah, no, it's kind of a good lead into my, my next thought here, which is basically like how far away are we from a, a true web three or like a metaverse environment that people actually desire to use. Because like right now, I mean, I had an Oculus the other, you know, the, like last year I had one and I returned it because it was just, I got sick, right? I was like looking around and, you know, you're, you're moving in the game, but your body's not moving. And I felt nauseous in it. You know, everybody's obviously different, but it's not something that's, you know, got a mainstream attraction yet. How far away do you think we are from that? And I don't know if it's like, you know, a, a optics scientific kind of problem, or if it's, uh, if it's something else, like maybe just the headsets are not going to be a huge part of the metaverse and web three environment. Maybe it's just going to be, you know, browser based or what do you think about that? It's hard to know because technology is moving so quick, right? But at the same time, you're right. Like it requires some hardware to make it engaging and, you know, fun and accessible. Right. Yeah. So I, I think, yeah, a part of all of it is that if we look back at even the dot-com era, you know, where browser adoption was on a very steep upward drive, but at the same time, in reflection to what it has been over the last 20 years, you know, like that first few years was really slow. And I see that similar sort of notion with digital wallets. So I think the adoption of wallets or making them more accessible and secure across the board will help 
in every case, but mm-hmm. it does need some hardware. Is it the solution VR? I'm not, I'm not totally sure just yet. And is it the VR that you're, you know, you handed back last year? It's hard to say, but you know, like I think ultimately here, it's like, it's, it's crazy to think like what even YouTube's UI looked like six or seven years ago. And you know, now what it is, and it's a great interface. Whilst, you know, I think most of the internet over the last five years has really developed really well. But, you know, prior to that, MS DOS, et cetera, et cetera, was just, I'm a big fan of MS DOS, but like as an of aesthetic, MS DOS, like the, um, really? Um, the um, Microsoft Disk operating systems. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so it was, uh, you know, way back when it was, um, what you would have probably seen with Microsoft back in the day. Um, mm-hmm. The aesthetic itself, um, you know, like like anything, it's just had to build over time with, you know, better mechanics under the hood, per se. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it, it's what, – what did you end up playing on the um, Oculus? And what Oculus did you have in the end? Yeah, I had the um... – it was the it was the new Oculus. It was like the new one, and and I liked the, I liked the mini golf. That one was awesome because you you're planted, uh, and, and you just you know you you move with a button, and you get to decide when you move. The one that I didn't like, I don't remember the name, but it was a racing game. So I started in the car, and I'm standing there, and then, all right, three, two, one, go, and the car starts ripping, and I'm like controlling it, but I feel my body like you know s- still. And the reptilian part of my brain, right? That like base level sort of, I don't know what they call it, but it's, uh, you know, your, 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 your unconscious movements and all that kind of stuff just made me just sick to my stomach. I immediately took it off. I was like, all right, this is not for me. <laughs> but, yeah, I, yeah. I enjoyed them. Um, there, there was a boxing game that hmm. was part of it. And um, yeah, I, I think, I think it leans in on what the future may look like, but we've still got a lot to go, you know, the, the internet wouldn't have been something without the smartphone, you know, like I think that was a, you know, the hardware that assisted in connecting more devices and more users. Right. Um, it'll be interesting to sort of explore it, but we're building in real time. Right. So it may take, it's time. It's our theme is time, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens in the next five to 10 years. It's a long time. Tell us a little bit about, your plans for NFT tech, whether that's a, a roadmap or, or certain partnerships that you guys are pursuing, uh, maybe your your go to market strategy. Just give us a give us the one hundred and one here on NFT tech. I'm really inspired by educating, and you know, um, whilst learning in real time ourselves, you know, educating more people to you know enter Web three, and and that there is you know more wallets and more the more users exploring what an NFT could do. So. Our strategy is, is firmly focused on um, helping on board the next billion users in many ways. And that comes from the brands and IP that the, you know, Run Up Wild as a studio, um, which has been recently acquired by NFT Tech is doing, you know, like we've got a gaming dev team as well, you know, building out a whole heap of different dashboards. It's super exciting um, on that front, you know, like w- what we're exploring is like how brands and IP gamers, how do we help? get them there, you know, um, because it is inevitable. I know I can have my blinkers on uh, a lot of the time because when you're building in technology, it's hard to see the other side of it sometimes, but you do get reminded that uh, there are a lot of people out there that haven't ever purchased crypto and don't have a digital wallet. And, um, you know, part of it is, well, 
how do how do they join and how do they start to experience what the future may look like for them? And yeah, I think for us, it's it's primarily that. And and how how does that sort of translate into revenue opportunities for NFT tech? So NFT tech working with brands and IP or games, there's all different types of revenue that is associated with it. We're looking and actively acquiring, you know, like Runner Wild as an NFT studio or the, you know, team from Sherwell, which are building all the gaming dashboards to, you know, other opportunities that might lie in the metaverse, for instance. You know, at the end of the day, they've all got their own P&Ls and, um, you know, just like what you would deal with in most cases, I think the most interesting part of NFT tech's model is that if you cast your mind back again to the early 2000s when sites, websites would cost a, you know, a million plus. At the time, those developers were building and because there was only a limited supply of them, you know, they, the costs were what they were. Yeah. I think this time around, um, the difference is that with NFTs, there's a secondary trailing commission which goes to a wallet. And as part of our model and what we do, we engage with different brands and you know work with them on their Web3 space and are able to also have a portion of that wallet that can come back to NFT tech in general. So um, Australian Open and our project there or Elvis Presley Estate, which we're launching shortly to you know a few other projects that we're about to announce. Uh, all have a secondary trailing commission. So, you know, that wallet in perpetuity is, is pretty exciting to think about for both the brand who can enter the space with a team like this, but then also to have benefits on the other side that they never did alongside us. Very cool. Are you part of any NFT communities uh, on your own or are you uh, not really saying like uh, you're part? Like I know, you know, everybody has, uh, you know, maybe a gutter cat profile or a board ape or a crypto punk a cool cat. There's all these little communities. And right now they're all like, um, you know, memberships and uh, profile pictures and stuff. But are, are there any particular ones that you're a part of? There's a few. I think, I think anyone should explore this space by being part of a community that they are aligned with or they like. Um, it's a great testing ground to learn. Right. So, but one of my fondest is the Medicaid project. I don't know if you're familiar with them hmm. and the team. They launched, I think, March last year. And for me, I connected on a level of like it being a glorified loyalty of sorts to benefits that would happen across the metaverse. And fortunately, you know, I had this Medicaid edition too. It was in partnership with Artifact at the time that had only done some releases on Nifty Gateway, which is a, a marketplace. And, um, yeah, holding this Medicaid allowed me to get a whitelist and a discounted price on a Clone X, which is their latest avatar collection. Mm. Um, so, you know, and fortunately from that, I was able to get, uh, you know, like uh, I was lucky enough to receive like a, a, a Clone X Murakami edition, um, which then allowed me to get a Murakami art. Uh, NFT from him. So I, I think there's some really special parts of like how this funnel is being created between like being part of a community and what does it actually mean uh, yeah. in general. It yeah. is. It's such a new, I mean, not to be cliche, but it really is a new paradigm, right? Where where uh, you have like just the crossover of ownership of a community with, you know, rewards and all that kind of stuff. It's 
it's got, you know, it's brand new and it's a great way for, for brands to engage with, uh, with their user base or their customer base. I mean, we see everybody from, you know, Gucci and Dolce and Gabbana, you know, these luxury brands that are saying, Hey, if you buy one of these, uh, fancy purses, you'll get, you know, an NFT, a digital certificate of ownership. Um, there's, uh, you know, from other artists and stuff, uh, I know Fawocious and, you know, all these proof of attendance sort of NFTs saying, you know, I was there on the opening night of X, Y, and Z. And, uh, there's all sorts of, you know, really, you know, really interesting stuff that's going on. It's just, but I feel like we're just still scratching the tip of the iceberg. There's just gotta be so much more that that's exciting on the way, but, you know, I, I really, really do think that, you know, NFTs, once they're married with DeFi um, and being able to, you know, fractionalize NFTs and, you know, have all sorts of uh, different, you know, financial activities done with NFTs, that'll also just blow open the lid of what, where NFTs can go. Have you seen any interesting combinations of NFTs and DeFi? I think even more to your point, like DeFi and gaming is just hand in hand, I see, you know, being something too. So, you know, the play and earn initiatives, but yeah, like imagine having an NFT that gives you extra APY on something, you know, just because, you know, like it's all totally possible and it just needs to be meaningful, I think, to, you know, the project or the the user. So yeah, there's, for me, like, as much as I appreciate DeFi, I wouldn't say, like I said before, I'm not I'm far from a, a day trader in general, but I love what it stands for and um, what the possibilities are for sure on, on all of this. But, you know, when you connect NFTs to it, it's additional APY. It, it may be, you know, early access to certain things because of it as well. Um, you know, the whitelists of the world. I think there's just that's scratching the surface, to be honest. I think I was, I was going to mention before, Bryce, like it, it can be very daunting to try and relate why this needs to exist. And, you know, I, I think it's a great time for people to explore and, and learn about it. They shouldn't, you know, I don't think anyone should not be educated on what may be in front of them in many ways. And it took a bit of time for DeFi uh, in general to sort of pick up from those that were crypto natives. But, you know, outside of crypto natives, like DeFi mat- doesn't matter at all to them. Like, but even though, they see it in their everyday banking in many cases, right? Like it's not too different. So, you know, I think it's just about everyone exploring the luxury goods that you sort of mentioned before. There's really interesting use cases in general about what the possibilities may be. One of the ch- the largest challenges with luxury goods is, you know, fakes and replicas and that true provenance of an item and, and is it authentic or not? But the biggest thing to me which is the most obvious is that, you know, luxury goods come with a price tag. And in most cases, especially for, you know, ones that are finite or truly scarce, like let's say Rolex as an example, you know, like I, you could wait six months or a year or years for a particular Rolex that you might be able to buy. You and you as the customer will pay, you know, let's say 20,000 US dollars for a particular timepiece. Uh, and you walk out of that store and I'm waiting uh, out the front because I didn't want to wait that six months, one year, two years, whatever it may be. And I offer that person that bought it $25,000. Rolex don't see that transaction. They only see the primary transaction in this. And, you know, like if I was to then hold it for a couple of years and it's done what the watch industry has seen over the last few years, 
I could sell it for $35,000, $40,000. And again, Rolex or the IP holder would never see that extra sale. But when it comes to NFTs, it's totally possible. You know, like the Trailing Commission is a really powerful initiative and I think will continue to be explored. And, you know, like in that secondary Trailing Commission complements, you know, the provenance and the authenticity that it also provides. So, yeah, luxury items, I'm not surprised to see them. I also see, you know, that there's great opportunities within the metaverse and virtual environments to expand outside of physical garments uh, in general. Yeah. I also, I've also seen, um, you know, people say like, if you're an artist, like instead of just, you know, you, you sell your art once and then that's it with NFTs, you could sell your art. And every time it's kind of resold, you could have embedded in the smart contract. Oh, I get 5% royalties coming to this wallet address. And, you know, you think about that kind of like just, you know, building off what you were saying with the trailing commission, it's just the possibilities are endless. Totally. You know, like there are, things that, you know, still need to be worked through. You know, it's not perfect. Those trailing commissions are realistically, you know, on different marketplaces. So, you know, like if if OpenSea, you know, what you set there and it's sold on OpenSea, you receive it, you know, like on Nifty Gateway or other marketplaces like Rarible, it's the same thing. It's a sale contract that's sort of associated with the smart contract. I think, I think, yeah, it's empowering to a create a creator economy in general it's really empowering to the challenges that we see day to day in you know my brother's really into classic cars right who would have thought that some of the the vehicles from the 60s would be worth what they are today or 70s or 80s and some of those motor brands are out of you know they've gone bankrupt or they've sold or they they don't they, they no longer exist for whatever reason and you know, maybe the secondary trailing commission could have helped that continue, you know, uh, or their business continue in the future. So, yeah, I think it's empowering for a creator economy. I think it's really empowering for brands and IP. And I think it's empowering for the customer at the end of the day. Yeah. Well, well, Adam, before we let you go, there's, there's a couple of closing questions we like to ask everybody that, that kind of comes on this show. And the first one's pretty simple. It's just out of all the different, you know, crypto or blockchain or NFT companies, uh, that are out there outside of yours or anyone that you're affiliated with, uh, what's just one that you think is having just the largest impact, the most lasting impact, every company kind of in our space? Yeah, like I, I think the most obvious is Yuga Labs that run uh, and you know, Board Ape Yacht Club, what they're doing and what they've been able to create, you know, building in real time, like I said, is daunting and you you got to take your learnings and what they've been able to do and set precedent and, you know, build community around and what they're developing, I think is really something special. It, it may not be perfect in every case with them, but it can't be when you, you're doing everything in real time, I think. But um, for what it's worth, you know, what they're able to develop and how they've been able to connect to a community and what they're trialing and testing in general from metaverse to real life events. Yeah. Okay. It, it's special. Yeah. I like Yuga Labs. Those, those guys, uh, they, they got a good system over there. I guess my, my last question is, is pretty simple one, but you know, a lot of, a lot of people who are watching crypto one oh one are you know pretty brand spanking new to crypto to NFTs and they're just, just starting to dive in. Um, what's like one word of advice or one word of wisdom from a vet in the space? Like it or not, the future is happening in front of us. 
Mm. So I think to get on board or get out. (laughs) Well, keep yourself educated. You can make the decision yourself if you don't feel it's right for you, but you should at least learn about it. And I I think um, part of it is what you guys are doing. And, you know, I think it's, there's a lot more information out there than there was a few years ago. I tell you that much. That's so, for sure. Um, so you know, um, keep learning, keep educating yourself, and ask questions. I think you know the the community itself is really welcoming. I think in in many ways, although there are a lot of financially driven humans that are part of it, I think there are a lot of other people that are really willing to share their thoughts uh, and learnings from everything. So yeah, you don't want to be the you know, you don't want to be my uncle Mick that doesn't want to download WhatsApp, right? Like for the sake of the fact that he just doesn't know how to use it. You don't want to be that. I think we all should continue to push and enjoy the ride of technology. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Love it. Thank you so much, Adam, for coming on the show today, sharing all about NFT tech and really the future uh, of all this stuff. Uh, We really appreciate it. If if there's a, a Twitter handle or a website that you'd like to plug, uh, let us know. Yeah, well, there's. Um, <laughs> I'm only new to NFT tech, so I'm still getting up to date with all the handles. Um, <laughs> but the, the the coolest thing is that you know, with NFT tech being now publicly listed um, and one of the ver- you know very few to only, you can look up the ticker. It's NFT, uh, and it's on the Neo um, Stock Exchange in Canada and, and Germany as well. So wow. Um, have a look at that and also you know um i'll I'm aggressively trying to find the, the twitter handle but, um, see, I'll, I'll find it as it's, well it's here. at nft tech so two oh, that's easy yeah that's <laughs> easy. it might have been an underscore but all good yeah it's great bryce i'm really happy that we've been able to connect and you know hopefully we see each other soon absolutely love it thank you so much adam all my listeners at home thank you for joining us today Uh, Come on back later this week. You know, we'll have some more great guests for you. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.